to Multifamily Live. I'm Kimi Yarusi. And I'm Jason Yarusi. Our mission is to help you unlock your full potential as a multifamily real estate investor. So you can do more deals, bigger deals, with less stress, keep more profit, and free up your time. Multifamily doesn't have to be a mystery. It's time to go live. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Motivation Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Bello. And today I've got Jason Yarusi on the show. Jason, welcome. Hey, Chris. Great to be here. How you doing? Great to have you here. I'm doing great. How are you doing today? Awesome, man. Psyched to be. Awesome. We got a chance to connect a few months ago at this point. I was on your show as well. So super excited to have you on my show to share your knowledge and wisdom with my audience. But before we get started, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself real quick for us? Yeah, sure. Uh, Jason Yarusi, we have a private equity firm, Yarusi Holdings, where we invest in multifamily properties across a few markets. Uh, we have about 800 uh, plus units uh, spread across uh, 10 assets uh, valued a little above uh, about $85 million in real estate. We focus on properties that are underperforming, whether it's on the property side or the management side, and look to just put in operational efficiencies and capture on a bunch of dynamics of the property where we can really just make it a great community to live in that compliments uh, helping our investors achieve incredible returns. Awesome. And how long ago did you get into real estate? Like when did you first step your toe into the world of real estate? So multifamily exclusively was 2016 on a small level, 2017 on the big level. And before okay. that was 2013, 14 was when we first uh, made the foray into real estate as a, uh, as a sector. Cool. Very cool. I always love to see the trajectory because so many times it's, it's not like, it took 50 years to do. You can actually achieve this success relatively quickly, you know, five, 10, 15 years. You can do some amazing things if you just focus and, you know, you direct your energy in a certain direction. But um, I know, 100%. like we talked about before I hit record, though, we're going to talk a lot about mindset stuff and just we can take it any direction you want to go in. But I mean, maybe uh, where would you like to start us off at? Like, what's something that maybe you, you've had a breakthrough recently or something you're struggling with? I'd love to talk about any of that stuff. You know, it's always the point of just trying to find the next piece to the puzzle, and that just comes taking action. And I, I know, you know, we were having um, conversations with a couple of people, and I get frustrated because I, I just, I can't do it, right? But to do it becomes, or I can't figure it out, right? Yep. But, but there's usually not like this magical answer to the overall question of life. And where we get just kind of stepping back on the ledge is that when we start understanding that it takes just taking that first step to figure out a better question to get ourselves to that next answer, that's when we can start making traction. So we're always so many times it's that, oh, just throw your hands up in the air, like, oh, that person might be lucky or they were in the right place at the right time. No, they were just taking action and putting themselves in a position for when luck ponds about in front of them that they're ready to act, right? And where yeah. most get stuck or fail is that. They just ultimately look at the overall big picture. It's like, I have to, um, you know, I'm going to climb Mount Kilimanjaro and, and you get so scared that you're, you're about getting to the top and you forget to look at the first step. Like, well, let me figure out, you know, planes to get there or, or just a, a guide or boots, right? We, we, instead of looking at that first actual step to get us some better information, we get so scared, right? And that's like the New Year's resolution where it's such a lofty thing, but because we have no traction, no built-in need or want of it, that most, you know, 88, 90% of people fail because it's so far from who they are because they haven't looked at a logical path. It's just the end goal and not the journey. That's the focus. That's so true because it is overwhelming when you, when you look at the big picture and you see all the things you have to do, it almost 
makes you not want to start at all, right? I think that's what you're kind of hinting at here. But also the fact that it's a never-ending puzzle. We're always looking for that next piece. How do we make it a little better? Maybe we found something that works, but we can improve it. So do you have a next puzzle piece that you're kind of focusing on right now? Or do you have your systems pretty dialed in in your own business right now? Oh, there's always growth, right? So right yeah. now it's continued to scale in our processes. So we have a mix of everything from 32 units to, uh, no, actually a 24 unit now, 24 wow. units to a 24 unit, right? In terms of sizing. And our goal is to continue to scale up the larger assets, right? So now the puzzle piece is figuring out the right question to get ourselves consistently in front of 200 to 300 unit deals, right? Because it's the evolution of, of where we're at the process. So that's something that we're continuing to work for. And it's now, it's the same business model. However, there's different pieces, right? You're going to have a, a different brokers that you talk to. You're going to have potentially a larger investor pool that you're going to focus and work with here. You may have a, a different buyer and seller pool that you're working with right here, just based on the size and scope of the assets, right? So you're looking at the same approach, but now I won't say contorting it, but narrowing rechanging your focus so yeah. you're in front of the right people to get you closer to that right path to get there. Awesome. And I would imagine that takes a lot of journaling and planning and really thinking like, is this actually the direction that we want to go in? Or do we want to pull back the reins a little bit and kind of focus a little bit more on what we actually are doing now? Uh, so it's great. How often do you do that goal setting and maybe revisiting what your vision looks like? Is that quarterly or annually? You know, in the part every two to three months, we're constantly looking at where we're okay. going, right? We don't yeah. have a set date that we do it consistently, and we could definitely do that better. However, from a point of, of our focus, it's just sometimes when we put the goal up there, we don't know if we want it unless we start after it. So right now, you know, the two or 300 unit buildings, you know, in our, in our mind, we, want, we need to take the steps to figure out what's, what is it about the process that maybe we're lacking at or we're retreating from or we're not going the right way to get to, right? That's part of each goal is that, okay, you can have a goal, but you have to take and commit to finding ways to get yourself closer to that goal. And 100%. even if you don't reach it, it might still be a, a win, right? It might still be a win. And because sometimes if you're, oh, I want to have, you know, let's just use money, easy reference. I want to have $20 million. I want to make $20 million next year. And you've only made 50,000. Well, if next year you make $5 million, I would consider that probably a still pretty <laughs> awesome win. Pretty right? good. Yeah. Pretty good. And progress. Like, if you think of that on any goal that's out there in life is that if you, if you go after a goal and you may not reach it, you have to celebrate your accomplishments because that's what you built upon. And maybe the next year you quadruple the goal that you didn't reach this year. But if you just say, I didn't reach the goal and just throw it all the way. Well, that's where it's like that two feet from goal philosophy is that mm -hmm. you're, you're putting in the work, but you're not allowing it to just, you're planning to see, but you're not allowing it to grow. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of that quote, you know, if you shoot for the moon, you'll land among the stars. So maybe you don't get all the way to the moon, right? But at least you're hitting amazing goals. And as long as you're improving year over year and you're getting better than your previous self, I would definitely count that as a win. What I think a lot of us do is we set some crazy goal. Like, you know, we get into entrepreneurship and we're like, okay, I want to make a million dollars next year. Yep. And you make like 30 grand your first year trying to do real estate commissions or flips or whatever. You lose money on a deal. You make some money on the next deal. But the next year you break six figures. Like that is measurable progress. And well, if you compare it against your goal of a million dollars, you look like a quote unquote failure. Oh, I'm not that good. But look at your last year. Look at your previous right. self. You are whatever the percentage is, you're, you're dominating your goals. Maybe not necessarily the ones that you set initially, but you're doing better than a lot of your peers who maybe never even set those goals to begin with. Yeah. We get so stuck in the short term. Yeah. And about the long term, right? Because it's easy to just 
look at yesterday or today, but even on things that were a quote unquote hard for you today, we could probably all come back three, five, seven, ten 10 years ago to look at something that was like so beyond so difficult that we can never accomplish. And then you just do it right. And you have that breakthrough. And now today it's something that, that completely is the easiest thing for you to do. Right. It's crazy like like it's riding a bike, can't do it to doing it within a day or, you know, learning to drive. Like it would be like unimaginable getting something you do without thinking today. Right. Well, we all have that with other difficulties in our life as well. Yeah. Those are great examples because I mean, it takes time. You don't just get behind the wheel and start driving. You got to go to driver's ed or maybe have an instructor, have your, t- your parents teach you. And of course, even then there's a lot of people who aren't that great at driving after a few years on the highway. They maybe need a refresher course, but what's been one of the biggest setbacks or challenges that you guys have faced when growing your operation uh, that you'd like to share? Maybe a lesson that you learned from it and what happened if you don't mind sharing. Yeah. So I think I will go on real estate is that as we evolved to where we are today, was that just learning the process, right? Because we always assume that, you know, more is better, right? So, so if we're doing all these different asset classes, real estate and having all these income streams, like that must be the way, right? Okay. That must be perfect. But what you find here is that you say you're doing all these things here, you can't do them all great. You're not positioned to do them all great if you're doing them yourself. Mm -hmm. So we were doing a lot of different things good, but it really took the, the, the really to step back and say, okay, we're, we're doing wholesaling, we're doing flipping, we're doing Airbnbs. We have all these, we had small rentals at that time. Everything was going good, okay, but is that what you want, right? And so when we found large multifamily, we had to detract from what we were doing to get better in the one space. Because diversifying, I get all the points here, but, but when you look at successful people, they may have a lot of successes in a lot of different fields, but typically they started in one arena. Yep. And it, 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 we're able to get that growth and get that distraction going and then build upon that. Because when we start in all these different arenas, we don't have the foundation to be able to have the strength and, and success built out there across all these patterns that we can go and apply that same success to multiple points because we're learning, right? We're learning all these different fields. It's like investing in multifamily is that I always teach like start with one market. So you can understand the flow, understand how to, how to find partners, find uh, team members, find brokers, you know, build a team, underwrite properties. Because if you try and do that across 20 different properties or 20 different um, markets, you're trying to do so much here that it's, it's hard for you to get the process down because you're just you're all over the place in your focus. That's really good advice. Have you read the book, The One Thing by Gary Keller and Jay Papasan? I have. Yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's a great book. So yeah, my, my wife used to be a Keller Williams agent um, and, you know, great book, but the same thing here too. It's like, you know, you have to really just hone in on the most important thing Absolutely. because everything else falls in place. And that's, it's part of the balance there is that we all think that we need to be balanced in 73 things. Right. But it, but if you drop them all, there's going to be two or three that you just, you realize you can't drop. Yeah, right. So yeah. it's like, okay, I take my kids to school in the morning and then, okay, I got to pick up my kids here. You know, I should get milk. Um, I have a call that has to be made or this deal won't close, or, uh, you know, I need to, um, you know, do the laundry here. You may not get the milk in the laundry, but you got to pick up your kids and you got to get the deal closed. Right. And so, so yeah. the other two, like, it's not going to be the end of the world if you don't do them. Right. But so many times we're like, I have to do everything. And then you miss up, you, you know, you get late to get the, the, uh, the pick up the kids, the deal you, you, it gets really tough because you, you can make the call later and forget some of the paperwork because we're trying to do all these things that don't necessarily have to happen to complete your day. Yeah. And that's one thing I noticed in real estate as well, because when you're trying to get focused and people say, yeah, I'm going to do real estate, you kind of talked about some of them that you were doing Airbnbs and wholesaling and flips. I mean, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And 
even within real estate itself, while it sounds like you're just focusing on real estate, you can still be doing 73 different things and you're kind of doing them all okay, but none of them are amazingly great. And so I love how you said you had to step back from doing all that different stuff to really focus on the multifamily. And, and another nugget there that you wrote down, that I wrote down was that you mentioned to start with one market to understand the flow. Because if you do start for those listening, whatever you're trying to do, if you're like, hey, we're going to launch this in 10 different markets, that might be different demographics and different areas and different population sizes and things can be completely different, right? If you're flipping houses, for example, that's very market specific, like a home in Colorado versus a home in Texas, one has basements, one does it, right? That's completely different. And so everything about that process would be different as well. Um, so it sounds like you guys have gotten extremely clear on what you're going after and figuring out that model and documenting all your processes. Um, is that correct? Are you guys really big on systems and processes? You know, it's like, I'm thinking like the Olympics right now. It's like, if you were like, Hey, I'm going to be a future Olympian in sports. And it's like, what does that mean? You know, yeah. it's like, what is like, what does success like, okay, look like, like? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like the same thing with real estate, I'm going to do real estate. Like, what does that mean? Like you're going to be right. a realtor, you're going to do tax liens. Like, what are you going to do? Right. And so, <laughs> And when you get to the point here, it's our processes. We're continuing to build on our process. So as we bring people into our ecosphere, we're, we're continuing to try and find ways to make this better, more efficient, easier, whether it's for us from the operation side, from the investors, from the investor platform side to the uh, people who live in the apartment buildings. Right. And that's the goal right. here is to make this a cleaner transition. Right. So we want our investors to have a great experience. We want the people to live in the building to have a great experience. We want everybody holistically to have a great experience, but it takes a learning the steps to make this a, a better point because our process having that perfect game plan and then starting and realizing the game plan is, is pointless and you got to throw it away in three minutes. Right. Yeah. And so that's part of here is that as we continue to grow and build, because, you know, at 50 units or a hundred units, maybe we were okay with one process, but as you start getting to cost of, you know, 800 to a thousand units, well, okay. So we need another process, right? Cause it's, it's, you hit that point where you can plateau for a while with your processes, but you have to grow and evolve. And if not, then you're going to be stuck where you are because you're going to have a lid on your growth. Yeah. And how did you guys break through that lid? I mean, I'm assuming you, you're part of mastermind and coaching and things like that. Have you networked with investors across the country or was there one certain program that you can attribute a lot of your success to? I'd love to hear a little bit about that. You know, it's a combination of each is that the multifamily community is awesome. It's a really open community. You can ask a lot of questions, you can learn a lot. And you have to see how other people are doing things so yeah. you can understand what can work for you, right? Because you're there's a lot of people who've done this successfully for many years and for decades and generations. So you don't have to recreate the wheel, but you're going to be a piece of the puzzle and you have to figure out what's that piece of the puzzle, right? Mm -hmm. So, so we're being the sponsors driving the deals where there might be people who are just in investor relations or just in lead finding or just in underwriting, right? Cause that that's where, where they can um, succeed, right. Or excel. So you have to understand where you can fit in the process and then understand how you can grow to be the best fit either in your own team or for somebody else's team. Okay, cool. So are you collaborating currently? You're, you're kind of one of the pieces of the puzzle and you have someone else running shop on doing the underwriting, somebody else finding the deals. Is that kind of how you operate where you guys no, focus on one um, piece? It's pretty much, unfortunately, I would, at some points, I won't say unfortunately, is that 
we've been the driver on the majority of our deals. And we have a couple other deals that we've had team members bring it to us. And then we, we carry on that point as an engine or running with the operation of the deals are strong point also on the capital side. So we focus a lot in that. And then at times we'll partner with partners who potentially bring us the deal, okay. um, but may not have the bandwidth to understand how to close the deal or set up the deal, structure the deal, operate the deal, fund the deal. And we can carry on that capacity right there. But out of the gate, like our first deal, first couple of deals, we actually did them all by ourselves, which is crazy at the point here, you know, and I'll say by ourselves and we'll, we'll put that in quotations because we did have people who were around as mentors and that had helped us understand the process, right? So they weren't signing on the loan docs, talking to investors, but they were helping us stay on the, on the highway, right? So, so we didn't veer off, you know, into, into the guardrail, right? And so that, that's part of the process is that knowing the big steps, but having people around you that when certain things come up to keep you close enough on track that you can keep towards the destination. Um, and as we've now continued to scale, we've found deals through other partnerships through other points, as we've mentioned here, and that's allowed us to be able to use our strengths to our advantage here and not complicate it when we're trying to do so many roles. Yeah. It's helpful to have those people. I, th I think you said, uh, so to keep you from going into the guardrail or even into oncoming traffic, <laughs> even worse, if you are trying to do everything on your own, and you don't have that resource to go to, um, same thing, any aspect of real estate, any business, there are people who have already done it. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. I love that as well. Cause so many times people feel like they have to figure it out or yeah, I know this, this marketing method works, but uh, I'm going to try something else. And of course things do work from time to time. You can have a breakthrough, but you may be going in the wrong direction. If you're not following kind of the, the blueprint that's been set out by experts who have decades of experience and they've done this for generations possibly. So uh, I found that to be true in real estate in general is like so many people are open, they share, they don't mind giving you everything under the hood for the most part, uh, what tools they're using, systems, you know, resources, lenders, all that kind of stuff. And so 100%. the more you network, the more kind of opportunities come across your desk, I would imagine. Yeah. And that's, it's part of that is that there is going to continue to be people that we can help and that will help us, right? And it's that yeah. self-serving community where if you can put out, you know, the good word, it always comes back to you. Right. And so Absolutely. with multifamily, the deals, and even if, if it's not a deal that, that we can help with, we want to make sure we can help them or provide some guidance to allow them to succeed. Right. So if they're right. in, you know, I don't know, we're not in New Mexico, but if they're focused in New Mexico, it's not going to be the right opportunity for us, but we may be able to give them some guidance to keep them from hitting the guardrail. Right. So for you can sure. pass along. Yeah. And it's kind of like uh, the reciprocity, what goes around comes around. If you just help somebody, they're going to remember that and they're going to send somebody your way, possibly in the future, referrals, connections, things like that. Um, I'm curious to know, I know we've got a couple of minutes left, but how does your week look now? Like, what are the things that you focus on? Do you have a couple of set goals that you look to do every single week or does it kind of vary depending on the calls that you need to make or the deals that you're working on? Deal and offer, right? So do enough action to get enough deals in front of us that we can underwrite enough deals to present an offer, right? And so that, that's the goal from that point. And then we have weekly setup calls with each of the property management companies, third, part, third party property management companies to review the operations of the property, right? So those are always the core. So it's, it's finding new and making sure we're performing with existing. Right. Awesome. And so those are our two key points. And then uh, from that point, it's it, one of the new goals we put on the board is to up, you know, we get a number of investor leads a week to continue to push to up that level of how many investor leads we're getting a week. So that's one of the new goals on the point here that we're going to put focus on because as we go into these bigger deals here, 
we're going to talk to more investors, right? Because they're going to be raising more capital here. So we need to continue to open our bandwidth to be available to talk to more people. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, and it's so important to just have those goals up there. I think I saw you kind of glance to the left. You probably have them right there front and center on a whiteboard or something, right? right? So you can look That's at them right. yeah. constantly throughout the day, throughout the week. And anytime you're getting distracted, you just glance over there and you're like, hold on a second. This thing that I'm about to do does not align with our ultimate goals this week. So what are any last key takeaways that you'd like to share with our audience? Um, any big nuggets that you've learned this year that you'd like to impart to the listeners? You know, it's never going to be a perfect destination or a perfect route to get you to where you want to go, but it is going to happen if you keep after it, right? And most of the yeah. time we find that there's such a big gap from, from where we want to go, but typically you're, you're not as far from where you want to go and you're not as far from where you were, right? And so it, it happens in a big way, but it starts with our minds. And if you can put the focus into just continuing to show up and not really thinking that you have to do these huge jumps every day, but you just have to do little pieces each day. And if you keep consistent here, instead of saying... I'm going to designate 16 hours to real estate today when your mind's, you know, learning to flip or something. And you know, that's just impossible. Maybe, yeah. but, but could you do an hour or, or 17 minutes? And could you do that consistently every day? You know, 17 minutes every day for the next 30 days and see what, see what happens, right? That might prove that you're able to get yourself out of where you are to, taking a ton of action just by consistently showing up each day. That's amazing advice. So many people, I think about the three hour workout in one day and you're only, do, you're only doing it once a week. It's way better to just do a 15, 20 minute workout four or five times a week, instead of trying to do it all on a Saturday, which won't be as sustainable. You're going to burn out. You won't feel motivated. And so we really underestimate how far that can go. If we're just spending an hour a day, everyone listening one hour a day, 15 minutes here, 20 minutes there, just stay consistent at your craft. So Jason, thank you so much for your time and for that advice for Thank all you. of that advice, where can our audience go to uh, connect with you guys to learn more about what you're up to and to follow your journey? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you again for having me on the show here. You can go over to yarusiholdings.com, Y-A-R-U-S-I holdings.com. You can find everything about us, our team, our podcast, which we were lucky enough to have you on the show. So go back and listen to that episode as well. Um, yes, yeah, so definitely. Awesome. I will drop all of that in the show notes and I really appreciate your time once again, Jason. It's been awesome connecting with you here today. Thank you very much. Awesome. Take care. We'll talk soon, man.